buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. All right. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Very excited today to have Colin Cray on. He's a business development manager in the e-mobility space. Um, He's been in this space for quite a while, done a lot of interesting things. I actually came across him uh, through the BombBomb documentary, um, which I really enjoyed about uh, digital pollution. So, uh, Colin, I know you spell your name incorrectly, but that's okay. (laughs) I'm going to forgive you. Welcome to the show anyway. Thank you, Colin, for having me. I uh, appreciate it. I know you got double Colin and single Colin, but hey, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> so take us back a little bit. Um, where did your sales journey start? Give us some of your sales experience. We're not going to dig into that. Um, and then <laughs> you've got one of the longest sales cycles that I've heard of, and we're going <laughs> to dig into how to keep people engaged throughout that process with a two to five year sales cycle. Um, so, but before we dig into that, give us a little bit of your background. Yeah, 100%. Uh, background, I'm in, I live in Boston, Massachusetts, but from a sales side, I mean, from a professional standpoint, I'd say right out of college, it was office supply sales. Um, but if you typically ask me when I truly believe I started selling, is actually when we all sell. I mean, from grade school. I mean, you're pretty much more or less finding your likability, and that's how you find your friend group, and you're selling who you are as a person. So you've been selling, not just me, everyone your whole life. Um, but then, you know, from a professional sense, it was office sales, door to door had the old mantra and everything. Uh, every door, every floor, we don't know what's in store. Uh, so that was kind of... <laughs> I love that, man. So I sold office like, supplies too, but not door to door, just over the phone. Oh, and so some of the best lessons I've ever learned was from that. And, it, and, it, and I only did it for about four to five months. And they taught me all like the basics of selling, like Jones effect, bullet theory, things. I was like, okay, whatever. Which now to this day, I'm so happy I did that because it comes in great handy across the board for just pretty much the pillars of selling. Yeah, like how Um, to be okay with getting your teeth kicked in? Ah, absolutely. So my issue is I always smile. So so, so of course you have any teeth left. (laughs) I know. Of course it makes someone more mad. Um, But yeah, so, but usually, and of course it's, you know, it'd be a quick de-escalation of like, hey, understand, just so you understand, I'm selling pencils. I mean, you're getting upset over pencils. Uh, (laughs) 
So, that probably got them really pissed off. <laughs> yes. I was blessed though. So growing up, my mother, so my father, he himself owns his own uh, manufacturer rep, Synergy of Sales Company. So I understood selling from a principal standpoint and my mother was a psychologist. So Ooh, okay, I, I would good. have the sales hat on and if someone got so you know visibly upset with me, I'd go, okay, something's going on in your life. So then I'd kind of switch the hat saying, well, what, what, what did my mother do? So I'm like, hey, is everything okay? And so... <laughs> And so usually half the time that de-escalated scenario and they say, you know what, so-and-so had my life, come back tomorrow. I'm like, 100%, totally understand that. And that kind of to this day is something, especially now with the whole digital realm of humanizing sales. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll continue down that later. But yes, and then from there, uh, Barlow Signs International. I went into selling signs from the big giant billboards down to like the channel letters you see on, in front of a building. And I did the same method. I went door to door saying, hey, you want this? Um, and from that quickly, I learned more or less the creative side, which was, hey, how can I hit more, but actually have the information that they're going to care about? So I pretty much started my prospecting career from there. So I would actually go on town websites and I would look at the traffic count like, hey, so when I went in there, I would say, hey, just so you know, every week over 100,000 vehicles drive by your front. You should really look at, you know, updating your signage because that is your brand that is who you are to the community right. and that right there like okay this person took the time to do some research well let me sit down with them and then from there you know we had the conversation uh so i did that about a year and a half and that was a lot of fun i had a lot more creativity with that i got more bold down the road like if i was outside say a ice cream shop i would draw quickly saying hey why don't you use the apostrophes as an ice cream cone like oh that's a great idea like let's talk further okay uh, and now we are where I am today for the last six, about six years, which is technology solution sales, um, which, as you mentioned, has a very long design cycle, um, which is more on the electrical component and subsystem assembly side of uh, the world, which, of course, is, you know, you're designing electrical component systems for the overall application of, say, a vehicle and automation test equipment, maybe in the semi, an MRI system in the medical. So and we're designing custom power solutions. So that of course has a lot of design and verification and safety and compliances that went into it. Um, but I took all the, pretty much the building blocks, what I knew from those other jobs into this new one. And that's how pretty much from successful is always fanatically prospecting, but doing it so first was always stumbling, but then honing the craft of, okay, who's the audience I'm talking to? Who's gonna actually care about it? And that's kind of where we are now. So I have a main focus in the e-mobility sector. Um, it's something I find amazing because it's an emerging market, all the excitement, and I'm just blessed to get to talk to some brilliant people every single day, including right. yourself, Colin. So you, <laughs> so you talked about a lot there in like under five minutes. So we're going to unpack a little bit of that. Um, Love to. I always have a ton of respect. People hear me. They're like, man, why do you always say that? But I'm going to say it again. I always have a ton of respect for people who do the door to door and start out in sales in door to door and then actually stick with sales because <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that start in door to door and they're like, Oh my gosh, sales is not for me. <laughs> Cause quickest way, quickest way to find out if you like it or not. I a hundred percent agree. It's like, yeah. you know what? we are a okay with this. <laughs> and, and, and the people who push through and like deal with rejection and getting their teeth kicked in and manage to be successful in door to door sales um, typically go on to do some pretty awesome things from the people that I've talked to, like, you know, um, and I talked to some pretty elite sellers and some pretty successful top performers. Um, and a lot of them, you know, started out in door to door. 
Um, you know, yeah. like when you're cold calling and you're doing inside sales, like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? Somebody's going to hang up on you. So what? Um, yes. but when you're right there, like interrupting somebody's day, standing in front of them, you're a lot more vulnerable. hundred percent. And so I was lucky. I, I was doing B2B door to door. People go to B2C and actually knock on someone's house. Absolute respect. Um, because that's a whole nother realm of truly just interjecting yourself in someone's day. <laughs> But yeah, 100%. All right. So so then from there, you, you got into a role where you were selling signage. And you talked about something that I was super interested in and I want to lean into a little bit because it's, it's a valuable lesson for a lot of people is <clears throat> rather than just, you know, every door, every floor, I don't remember the mantra, but <laughs> you started to actually show up with something that was important and something that was relevant to actually drive a business conversation. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that and what it was like from when you were going door to door, not using that method to using that method. No, like 100%. And so it was really the whole mindset because when you're knocking on that door originally, you're really just doing marketing. Until they actually peak interest, the sales head doesn't turn on. So that's why if you know, if you listen actually to that bomb bomb documentary that Colin is speaking of, I mentioned that in the documentary saying, say marketing and sales to a point is one of the same. It depends how you look at it from the angle. So your marketing hat's on. So I'm going in there, marketing, showing I know about their business. I know about the their market, their demographic and what's going on. So just being, you know, coming prepared always shows, okay, this person's not just a typical salesperson who's coming by saying, hey, we do all of this. Do you use that? I already know what you do. I want to show you what how how we can amplify that for you. Because you're not paying for me, you're paying for the end result of what whatever I'm selling to you at that time is going to offer. Yeah. So, and I learned that. So obviously, I said that without saying signs, because you, it applies to anything you sell, either be a product or a service. Yeah, and, and I think the thing that you know, people who don't take this sort of approach, and they're like, man, that's that's a lot of time. Like you go do that research, you you know, come with this information prior to like even knowing if they're willing to have a conversation. Yeah, it is. But, you know, it, what what is the goal? Like to knock on a lot of doors or to make a lot of calls or to talk with people who have some level of interest? Of course. And so, and for another, you know, other guests of yours, it also comes back to your personal brand, but as well as the company brand that you're talking about. If you're outreaching 100 people a day, and you're not really looking at what they do, what the company is, who they are within that realm. And you're saying, you know, I heard a lot of time, obviously I'm electrical hardware, a little separate from the SaaS community. But if you're always targeting the same person and having a negative result, you might not be targeting the right person. If you're showing information that isn't impertinent to them, well, you're wasting your time. So yes, does it take a lot of time to do prospecting properly? But if you actually have the information, which a big thing I, a big thing I harp on is the power of information, People only make decisions based on the information they have. If you're not providing that information up front of like, hey, this is who I am, this is who we, what we offer to help you, you're not going to have a great chance going in there because that's your first pitch. Going back to day one at grade school, you're pitching yourself. If you come off like a jerk, everyone's going to think you're a jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I love that you said wasting your time because there's so many sellers who don't respect their own time enough. You know, yes. they think, oh, I'm wasting my prospects time. Well, if you're showing up not prepared, giving them the same old sales pitch that everybody else is giving them, then yeah, you're wasting their time and you're wasting their time. But what most sellers don't realize 
is your time is just as valuable as their time. You're a human being. You put They put their pants or their skirt on the same exact way as you. And you want to come from a place of a little bit more power, a little bit more relevance, and you know, be prepared to have a business conversation. Yeah, hundred percent facts. I mean, and then it's also just asking the right questions. I mean, sales at the root core is having conversations and making sure you're asking one, being of course attuned to what you're doing, connecting with them, and then just listening. That's more or less what I do. I say, I already know what you're doing. How are you doing differently from the others I work with? Let me hear that and let me tell you, hey, we do offer that. We don't have that, whatever it is, but it's just listening and finding the hotspots that actually matter. Because mm-hmm. if I went in there with the gambit of what I currently do, well, it's very overwhelming. And they're like, wait, I, I don't do any of that. And and I'm sure you get it all the time, Colin, from all these random, I mean, I get them every day. If it's from headhunters, um, someone trying to sell me email lists, it just is like, wait, you didn't take the time to even see my target. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, those are the folks that are, that think, and I'm not saying sales is not a numbers game, but they think that sales is only a numbers game. And it's not. Correct. And then to that point, I mean, we mentioned things that might fire you up. Is this whole new motion or yeah, motion of KPIs, these key performance indicators, where you have a lot of these young ADRs, SDRs, uh, whatever acronym they want to go by, but it's the entry level. Hey, let me touch a thousand people. And uh, and a lot of time the training's not really teaching them on how to cultivate those basic sales things of you know the new form of, of what a relationship is. So they just think all this activity is great and no one's actually looking of what's coming out of it. And it's actually kind of, to me, so some of the fires me up, I think it's giving everything a bad brand. I think social selling is obviously a very fast and the best approach currently to date, but it's quickly becoming our, you know, our Well, current, people don't know what social selling is. That is part of the issue. That, yeah, that I, is part I of the issue. I can sense you're like... The, you know, how sales has a negative association to it, right? Where people are like, well, oh, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in sales, you know? Um, and now and, social selling is becoming like the new telemarketer. It's like, oh man, my phone's ringing. Who's this going to be? Yeah. Hello, I'm calling about your car warranty. And that's what happens when you don't actually take the time to learn who you're talking to. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is there is a way to do social selling right, but most people don't exactly. know what that is. The, you know, connect with, you know, uh, a bunch of people and pitch slap them with something that they didn't ask for. It isn't even relevant. That's no. not social selling. I mean, social selling is building relationships on the platforms and bringing them off the platforms in a meaningful way through adding value and even value. Yeah. We could do a whole episode on what does it mean to actually add value? Add value is not sending some blog post that they don't care about or some marketing yeah. PDF that's boring and they have no interest in reading and never asked for it. Like that's spamming them. <laughs> yes. And so, so to that point, the content you're sending, because a lot of the spam, not, oh, it's so-and-so national day. It's like, wait, what? I thought, I thought I'm following like, you know, electrical designer magazine. Why are you telling me it's like for the fifth time it's, you know, uh, cookie day. Like yeah. <laughs> content yeah. needs to have meaning and like a, a, a point behind it. I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, they didn't ask for that. Right. So, I mean, if you're going to like, I'm not saying I don't reach out to people cold on LinkedIn to build relationships. Like I absolutely do. Um, but I don't send them anything they didn't ask for. You know, you want to give them the opportunity to say, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to raise my hand and say, yes, I'd love to see that. I'm interested in that. 
or I'd like to chat, right? You know, people are sending their calendar links and all this other junk that nobody asked for. Um, so anyway, I don't want to go on too big of a rant. Let's get back on track here a little bit. Um, so tell me about the work that you do now. And then I want to get into the weeds of this two to five year sales cycle, which is insane. I mean, I'm an impatient person by nature. So I'm just going to keep it real here for a second. There's no way I could do your job. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's very true. I mean, I, I feel like in sales, you want that instant gratification. And that was a huge adjustment I had to make when I joined this industry because I was coming from a sales cycle where I could leave that day with a purchase order. Like, hey, I, yeah, but for I saw, well, <laughs> exactly. Like I sold ink today. Awesome. Here we are. Um, and then even the signs, like it, that sales cycle might have been a week. And yeah. then all of a sudden I'm in this sales cycle. And I'm going to go, oh, 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 I'm going to see anything until two to five years. And that's all based. And so from a sales standpoint in this industry, we call it a sales cycle. But really, it's a design cycle. So if you think about it, I sell a component that goes in an overall system. And that system could be anything from the medical semiconductor realm the e-mobility space, automation, robotics, you name it. So my big joke was, if it turns on, I will talk to you. <laughs> and you have to actually- That you know, sounds like, like a bad joke. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be an engineering joke that would crush. <laughs> but the point is, if there's electricity, a battery, we can definitely have a conversation across you know the gamut of solutions that we might offer and services. And- what really is the, you know, the long design cycle is they're not, no one's going to buy a, you know, off the shelf solution ready to go. They're going to buy maybe one or two. And so that's going to be a bench test. So, Hey, we're going to put in a lab. We're going to see, you know, put under the stress of what we know our application is going to be. Then from there, they're going to go to like a DVT phase, which is like a design verification prototype. There's all these different milestones within the design. And then of course, okay, great. We have the prototype. They need to submit it to safety and certifications. So depending on where it's going to be in the realm. So medical, as you can imagine, there's a lot of things that go. So from, from those, obviously those are more on the five year side, oh, side of the cycle. Yes, cycle. yes. And it also depends on medical device. I mean, if we're talking about like MRI system, five years, maybe more. Uh, and at home device, there are still, of course, compliance and certifications that need to be met. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much across the board. And so actually one of the longest one is railway. But it's also the longest standing solution that will be in the market. So you could design something in, say, 1995, that'll still be going till 2045. <laughs> so that life cycle of that product is very long. Um, so yeah, so I'm in the e-mobility range, though. And of course, the design cycle is about two to five years, maybe a little longer. Um, obviously, if it was shorter, we'd see a lot more EVs out there. But right now, certifications, compliance, and safety regulations are being enforced, but also pretty much you know, written law right now. It's an emerging market, um, especially you start, you know, including autonomous vehicles in there. Yeah. Uh, so, and even furthermore, we do have a global uh, supply chain issue, which is specifically really hurting the electro, you know, the, the, the electronic components. And then, of course, there's some foreign affairs that may affect certain areas where you would never think components are coming from. But those are actually, you know, countries of origin for a lot of those kind of. Uh, metals that are used in building components. So there's a lot of moving parts. So a lot, and I guess, a lot <laughs> of things to extend the sales cycle. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we've been seeing it already. I mean, like we have a bill of materials that builds our product and some of those materials on that bill, we have 56 week lead times. We already talking over a year right there. And then, you know, manufacturing. So 
if everyone's wondering, oh, like, why is it taking to roll things out? Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they now, it all they counteracts. Uh, all right. So biggest question that I have is how do you keep prospects excited and engaged when the sales cycle or design cycle is that amount of time? 100%. And honestly, it's the power of information. Um, because if I cannot provide them the physical product to do all the testing, it is the information I can provide to them so they can do the simulations best possible to make those decisions without having the product in-house. Um, and that's kind of across the board. And of course, it's constant contact with them. But only on print, like if they ask for an update on solicited, of course. But I always try to do maybe a weekly, bi-weekly update depending on where it is in the design stage to make sure, hey, the communication's there. I'm not ghosting you. You're still involved. And then any information, it, it, it's honestly, it needs to be completely visible to one another of how everything's going. And that's really the best way to keep them engaged. But also any, you know, any new product roadmaps that we might be offering that might be important to them. Hey, by the way, uh, so I'm on the power conversion side. We also do like controls, telematics, HMI displays, all these other things that might go in the realm of e-mobility. So it's keeping engaged on new projects. Um, so very keeping it up to date. Um, also, there's always expos and shows. They usually go to them. I'll be going to them. We meet. So it's kind of all the social touches, but also the in-person touches, which are slowly, happily coming back to normal. Yeah, but that's all right. Probably, so you're talking about staying, staying um, top of mind and engage with them socially, uh, in person, um, continually, continuously being of value and providing relevant, you know, information, information. Uh, to them. Um, and, and these are all of the things that you do to keep people engaged and excited uh, in a two to five year sales cycle. So how many touch points, you know, how many meetings take place um, from a prospect from first, you know, first call to like actually delivering a product in yeah. a sales cycle like that? No, that's a great question. So as I mentioned, I my whole niche been fanatically prospecting. And then of course, doing it with purpose and make sure that you hone your personal craft, which is also why I love anyone who's probably listening to your podcast is other sales professionals who are literally listening because they understand that this is their craft. It just says like a professional athlete, they go to the gym, they watch film. They want to hear tidbits from others. Because my big thing is I never reinvent the wheel. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, others are doing this too. And I, so the platform you provide, Colin, has been fantastic. Um, but going to your actual question, <laughs> the sales cycle from itself, I do so personally, I do a few social touches, which could be through LinkedIn, a couple of emails, a warm phone call, and it's all going back to me. And then once actually it's engaged, so the, the information I provide is targeted, oh, this guy does know what I'm talking about, it is of interest. You're looking from there, maybe a bi-weekly meeting. Then there's a period where they have to make a decision on who they're gonna award the project to. Once awarded, you're looking at weekly meetings up to probably a year or two. Whew, yeah. Just to make sure all the design's matching, a lot of design changes, Te technology keeps changing. Um, especially in the e-mobility realm. If like, you know, we did this five years ago, IGBTs, which is a very <laughs> way to do efficient power supplies, was all the talk. Well, now we're on silicon carbide. Everything's silicon carbide. Um, so you'd be completely out of date. So it keeps literally moving. And, and as technology keeps increasing, instead of being more advanced, the design might change in the middle of it. So we might be, you know, so you hey, might be halfway through the sales cycle, technology advances, and you're back to, like redoing design of things that have already been decided on. 
A hundred percent. And then actually, so prior to e-mobility, I even partook in a consumer and it'd be actually, we could be two years down a project. And so we're going to maybe, maybe we're talking new headphones and their marketing team says, Hey, we already missed, missed the market, trashed the entire project. Which also, of course, you can imagine makes forecasting very, very fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> then you yeah. need to pick your project strategically to make sure, right, where's where's our return going to be? Um, who's actually going to make it? So, especially the EV market, it's little. You know, there's a lot of EV startups. So you, it's understanding who actually is best fit to probably make an impact. They'll stay around, you know, in the future, um, and that's kind of the game we're playing. So you've got to diverse. You've got to diversify your pipeline as well because it's extremely difficult to forecast with sales cycles this long how quick technology is changing and also dealing with startups who could just pull the plug on the project like you well, know at any or point <clears throat> they get the plug pulled on them all together they yeah. might not make it i mean there's probably about 60 to 80 ev startups here in north america alone wow you probably don't know half those brands so you already know right there. <laughs> They're not I, all going to I mean, make it. I think it. I only know of maybe, you know, other than like the big ones, like yep. the newer upcoming ones, yep. I could probably, the ones that I know I could count on one hand. You know? Exactly. Um, and so, all right. So at what point of that two to five year sales cycle, I'm going to probably say two to five year sales cycle at least yep. five more times before we wrap things up here. Totally fine. Uh, it, it, at what point do you know that they're committed to a deal closing? Yeah, 100%. So we, we call it a statement of work. So this is for projects. So there's also different, you know, there's different kind of sales within our actual companies of these, or, you know, original equipment manufacturers. And there's projects, which is just custom solutions, which is mainly what project technologies, that is what we do. We are moving to off the shelf, which can be a quicker time. But until you actually have an off the shelf solution, it is with everything else. And also at that point, you can take a higher risk at taking more um, let's say EV startup, like tier four, tier three customers because of that, because, Hey, this is standard product. We can push as many places, but when it comes to projects, uh, we ask for a statement of work, pretty much your award of the project, everyone signs off on it. And at that point, so probably within two years, maybe even less, but the actual production and like, you know, revenue won't come in till five years. Like I can't be like, okay, we've finally done it. Cause as I said, it can be canceled or pulled at any time. Wow. Wow. Yeah, this would not be the gig for me, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't think I would have any hair. I just I just gave myself a little haircut for those that are listening. Um, and uh, I don't think I would have any hair left. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so, I mean, in every day there's a new, there's a new maybe global thing that can actually affect, you know, the entire supply chain. I mean, if we all recall over the summer, just all of the, uh, all the Navy Yards having issues trying to get the boats in because they're understaffed. Yeah. Yeah. That added like 10 weeks of lead time for everyone. So <laughs> you can imagine. What's another 10 delayed, weeks on a, you know, five-year sales cycle? It's like. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and I'm sure the whole world heard about the semis and things. Everyone kind of probably sticks out of value. Like, oh, like semiconductors are backed up. But what that really means is their lead times are two years. We're talking yeah. over 100 weeks. So then we use in our product, you know, the amount of people who use semiconductors within their solutions, it's like, yeah, like that just backed up the order of all new technology by those amount of dates. I mean, not even dates, years. So mm -hmm. you can understand why the supply chain, so forth and so on. But yes, yeah, it ripples. Well, <laughs> Colin with 1L, thanks, man, for coming on. Appreciate you. Um, tons of value in here. Enjoyed learning a little bit more about your story as well. 
uh, where's the best place for people to connect with you uh, if they want to do so? No, 100%. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Colin Cray. Uh, my work email and my cell phone are right on there. I don't hide that. So you can reach out to me. Uh, my personal email, if if you have any personal questions, colin.cray98 at gmail.com. I have no issues. And then Colin with two wells, if you don't mind. Uh, if anyone hasn't heard of the White Ribbon Project, it is a uh, cancer foundation that focuses on lung cancer, um, which obviously also gets a bad rap, similar to sales. Uh, predominantly because, of course, everyone assimilates with smoking. It actually gets the less amount of money for mm. all research because of this. But over 60% of people diagnosed with lung cancer have never smoked or touched a tobacco product. Um, there is a 5K happening right now. It's called the Kathy Cray 5K. Uh, if you Google Kathy Cray 5K with a C, C-A-T-H-Y, Cray 5K, you're able to donate to the White Ribbon Project. You also can sign up and do it virtually. Um, it's probably the only plug-in, if you don't mind, Colin, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. So it's very great, I did not know that, and we yeah. will drop all of the links there in the show notes. And uh, be great. this will actually be getting going out really quick after we're just recording today. So I'm um, glad that we can maybe help support that event. Uh, again, thank thanks you. for coming on. We'll drop the links in there in the show notes for everybody. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And then as always, I'm listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm, drop me a voice DM, and I will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.